This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletic Show. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to this week's edition of the PowerCat Pregame Podcast, sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. I am GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald, and we're back for another edition. Kansas State at 4-2 and two overall and 2-1 and one in the Big 12, plays host to TCU. The Frogs are one week further into their season at 4-3 and three and 2-2 two and two overall in the conference. They will meet Saturday night at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. That's right. K-State's playing a home game for the first time in almost a month. The game is scheduled for a 6 p.m. kick and will be shown on ESPN2. And as we go through this podcast this week, if you're listening on a podcast network, you're really not going to notice much different about what we're doing. But this week on the video side, on our YouTube channel at GoPowerCat, you should be subscribing to that. We're going to chop these up into three separate videos. Hopefully we can get YouTube to play them one after another. Uh, but we feel like putting this up in more consumable bites instead of one hour long video uh, will allow some of you to feel free to come and go with the different segments. And as always, we start with Brian Hanley, go to Ryan Gilbert, excuse me, Ryan Wallace, and then Ryan Gilbert as we progress through uh, this preparation session for Kansas State and TCU. And as I mentioned, we are sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. At Robbins Motor Company, they strive to earn lifetime business and build relationships selling quality cars, trucks, vans, and SUVs and offering top-notch parts and service. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the PowerCat pregame podcast. And something we started doing last week and we will continue is you'll hear from Coach Kleiman and some players, maybe one player, as we progress through this. What's interesting is Coach Kleiman didn't let Will Howard or Avery Johnson come to Tuesday's Big 12, or excuse me, K-State media opportunity. He sent in some players, but not the quarterbacks. And, of course, we want to hear what he has to say about the quarterbacks. On the other side of this quote, we've got Brian Hanley. But he, let's hear Chris Kleiman talk about how he hopes to use his two quarterbacks, Will Howard and Avery Johnson, in this game against the Frogs. Here's Chris Kleiman. Uh, I don't know how it's going to work out on Saturday, guys. It's Tuesday right now. And what we learned from this past Saturday is that um, we've seen Will play at a really high level and be successful. And then we saw Avery play at a high level and be successful. And so we feel comfortable um, with both guys uh, leading this football team. I couldn't tell you. I don't have the answer. CK wouldn't have the answer if you thought it would be a 60-40, 50-50, 90 split. We have no idea. We're going to go through the game plan and see um, who, where, and what gives us the best opportunity. And now we have Brian Hanley, our football analyst, the former offensive lineman on those 97-98 K-State teams. In all red, you couldn't warn that last week 
Um, <laughs> you you probably can't wear that next week. No, but in no. a purple on purple, you you can get away with it. Looking good, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay. Uh, Both of these teams had serious bounce backs last week. Uh, TCU just dismembered BYU. I I mean, they did it like nobody else has done it um, this season, and it was impressive. Uh, K-State found new life with Avery Johnson. Um, Of course, TCU also found life with the freshman quarterback. Uh, But all of a sudden, the whole storylines around this game because of what happened last week are totally different than a couple weeks ago. Yep. Yep. I, I just, I think that um, the way that TCU won, because I think a lot of people wrote TCU, TCU off for dead. I they did. absolutely wrote them off for dead. And I'm one of those people. I just thought this season is going in the tank. Uh, the kids have quit, uh, but they haven't. And they, BYU, I know a lot of us at the beginning of the year didn't know how good they were, but they were a little better than I think a lot of us anticipated. And TCU just took them behind the woodshed. Um, so they're, they're, I think TCU may have found something. Now it's one game, but they may have found something. And as far as K-State, I, I think it just got back to some pride. I think it got back to we're better than this. We are mm-hmm. better than what we put out there on tape. This is ridiculous. We got caught with our pants down and guys just said, you know what? Enough is enough. And I love yeah. that kind of attitude. When you get caught, you get caught, just own it and come out fighting. I got to tell you, I, I think this game is going to uh, be a war. I, I mean, they're going to, yeah. there's going to be some big plays in it. There's going to be a lot of physical football. Um, there's going to be some guys taken off the field for injury um, at a higher rate. I just feel like these two teams think this game uh, designs the rest of their season as we're at the midway point of the year. Yeah. I mean, and physical football, you know me, Fitz. I I love physical football. So I think it's going to be a battle. I think it's going to be a battle that two teams getting after it, trying to to make their way into this season or down the season. I guess you can't really say it's down the stretch yet, especially K-State. We can't say it's down the stretch with so many games left, but I, I just think it's, it's going to be a physical football game. It's going to be a game where where guys are they're trying to make their mark because if TCU wins, they can say, "Hey, we beat K State. Our season is officially back on the rails." Yep. And K State, on the other hand, they can say, "Look, the train is still going down the tracks. The train is still chucking. We still got everything that we want to accomplish is still in front of us." It is interesting. TCU's one game. Uh further down their road than K-State. TCU is uh four and three overall, two and two in the Big 12. K-State, of course, is four and two, two and one. So yeah, if you're TCU, uh, you're either staring at getting yourself one game away from bowl eligibility or being 500. And that that just feels like it's worlds apart. So I think we're going to see some real urgency from the frogs uh to make a statement. And how do they not have, even if the roster is a lot different. There's still a lot of guys left over from last December that are on this roster. How do they not have a little vengeance on, on their minds after that big 12 championship? Oh, they will. They absolutely will. Uh, They understood what, even though they were able to still make it to the national championship game. um, And, 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 but who wants to lose the big 12 title? Nobody wants to do that, especially the way that they lost it. You know, they, nobody wants to lose it the way that they lost it. Um, 
So yeah, those guys are going to be out for revenge, uh, but that's fine. That's fine because we can say the same thing. Hey, you know, we lost at TCU. And I think if at halftime, I think that's a game that K-State thinks we're in control and we got this game. Now they let it get away. But I think K-State thought that they were better than TCU all along last year. They ended up winning the football game at the Big 12 championship game. So, but yeah, TCU is going to come in with a chip on their shoulder, but I think K-State will too. Well, like you said, you're a, a guy that's all about physical football. You're an offensive lineman. I thought Kansas State's offensive line in Lubbock was outstanding. Mm, man, like I, I mentioned on the insiders, I've been hard on the offensive line all year long, and deservedly so. They haven't played great. They had a couple games here or there, or a game here or there, but they hadn't played great, and they played phenomenal, just knocking guys around. And you know it's going good when you see guys five, six, seven yards still engaged, still driving guys all the way through the whistle, not to the whistle, through the whistle, finishing blocks, making people pay. I I loved it. And they have to come out with the same attitude this week and do the same thing. How much can a quarterback redefine uh, everyone else on the field? Because I feel like that level of physicality didn't really kick in until Avery did a little damage. And then they're like, okay, let's go. Let's do this. And, and they started to find a rhythm. I, I just feel like Avery Johnson lit a fire under the line and other position groups on this team. Well, I mean, he was hitting things going downhill. Right. You know, and even though we have a lot of side to side, a lot of read option stuff, when the, the read option is still quarterback power hitting downhill, we're pulling a guy and he's hitting the hole that will fire up an offensive lineman better than anything getting six yards. And we're running downhill between the tackles. I mean, there's nothing better than that. And there wasn't anything tech could do to stop it. That yeah. is what really made the difference. Cause when it was us, Oh, Oh, Lyman, you know, it's like throwing us raw meat and we see it out there and we're like, well, wait a minute, you know, these guys can't stop it. Let's just keep going and going and going. And they did to their credit to co- to Colin Klein's credit. They just kept pounding them, man. Just kept yeah. pounding them. Man, it was fun to watch. And we always spoke with Hayden Gillum um, this week, and he was pretty fired up about what the offensive line did. I think it was their best game of the season. And if they can bottle that up and start doing that, K-State's going to win a lot, a, a lot of football games. Absolutely. Uh, defensively, Kansas State is getting thinned out. One of the yeah. – Main things Chris Kleiman has attempted to do since arriving is build the depth. He's had some success in that, and now it's really being tested. His corners are beaten up. His, he's down to his backup middle linebacker, who's a true freshman who now is injured too, and is going to have to play through that if possible. If not, they're going to be – I'm really worried about the middle of that defense if Austin Romain can't go, and he's a true freshman. I mean, if you got a true freshman at number two, that tells you he's good but also there's nobody else behind him right. that, that is is quite ready to go. This defense just has to find something that works here against an offense that found a lot of success with throwing the ball downfield last week, which is a little scary for K-State. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's nothing you can do. Football is, like I said, it's a game of attrition. It always has been. It always will be. Um, so you got to have depth. The thing that I liked last week is that when they brought pressure, they brought pressure. They say, You're, we're going to make you get the ball out of your hand. You better make the right read because if you don't make the right read, you know it's either going to be an incompletion or we're going to take the football away from you. 
which I, I get some of the throws were right to you, but that's what pressure does. That's what right. pressure is designed to do. You know, so I would love for us to be able to get more pressure uh, without having to blitz so many guys. That right. will absolutely help the back end. And I think that's part of the problem is that we're having to to force guys, you know, up at the line and bring so much pressure, five, six, even seven guys sometimes, and it, it causes trouble on the back end. I mean, it just does a lot more pressure. So if we can get more pressure up front without having to blitz, that will change things. That I mean, it just will change so many things on the back end because there's so much more for the quarterback to have to read that way. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's going to be a balancing game for Joe Klanderman. And that defense, offensively, it's going to be a balancing game for Colin Klein to figure out what quarterback needs to be on the field. We thought on this podcast last week that the quarterback run game would be a big part of it. Uh, Ryan Wallace has uh, shared on social media, and I'm sure he'll talk about it in the next segment, about how good this TCU defense is against the quarterback run. This game might be better designed for uh, Will Howard rather than Avery Johnson, but they're both going to play. It's an interesting balance. Colin Klein's being asked to perform uh, every week now with this two-quarterback issue, but that's exactly what Chris Kleiman wants from him right now. He wants to play them both and put them both in a position to succeed. That is this an, an exception to two-quarterbacks can play? It can be. Um, it can be. Here's the thing. We haven't seen Avery consistently throw the ball down the right. field. Now, clearly, you know, he's a four-star recruit. Everybody wanted him, it seemed like. So, obviously, he's shown that he can throw the football. So, it's not a matter of him throwing the football, but this is not high school football. So, you have to be able to throw the ball down the middle of the field, on the edges, outside the numbers, 10, 12, 15 yards down the field. Not saying that he can't. We just haven't seen it. That's all. So, he has to be able to do that to be in this game. We have seen Will Howard do that. So if they're going to take away quarterback run game, which I'm still not 100% positive. I know TCU is good against it. I, I still am going to bet on our offensive line to, to be able to do their job. We might not see almost 300 yards rushing, you know, and quarterbacks just running downhill, not getting touched for eight, nine yards. But I still think it's got to be part of the game plan 100%. But we're going to have to throw the football. We're just going to have to throw the football, if for nothing else, to back those guys up, to back those guys up and say, you're not going to just stand here on the line and stuff this run game because otherwise we're going to throw it over your head. Well, they used to say about the guy you played with, Michael Bishop, that he was a running back at quarterback. Um, and that wasn't meant as an insult to his ability to be a quarterback, but he was as dangerous as any running back in the college game. But, oh, yeah, he could throw it downfield. I, I've seen a lot of comparisons with Avery, and I know physically they're different players, but I feel like he's a running back playing quarterback, and that might be the difference maker. Um, he's so fast. He's so quick with his reads and quick with his decision-making. I, I know what the stats are, but I want to see them stop him, not just a vague mm -hmm. quarterback run game, him with that kind of quickness. Do you buy into that comparison at all with Michael? I know Michael's elite and all that, but uh, they, they, they both are just so dangerous in that run game that it opens up the passing game. And, and yeah, Avery can get the ball downfield. He just hasn't had to do it. Right. I mean, first of all, I, I'm not going to make that compare because it's not fair to Avery yet. No, that, that's not fair to him. No, that's not. Um, second of all, Mike was much bigger than Avery. He's a much. bigger guy. 
you know, he is a true Michael Bishop was a tailback, a big tailback playing quarterback. Okay. That had an absolute cannon. So that was different. A comparison that people may want to think, and, and again, we're not comparing him saying that he's him, finished, yeah. but it might be Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson has the same type of frame, the same type of build that Avery does, can throw the ball down the field, but I would be willing to say people say Lamar Jackson is a running back playing quarterback. That would be more of a comparison, even if I was going to make one. Um, but yeah, and, and the emphasis on Lamar Jackson was you better stop him. I don't care what other running game or what else is going on. You better stop him. Cause if you don't stop him, he's going to end up with 400 yards total offense against you. And you're going to get beat. So I think defenses have to come in wanting to stop Avery. Cause if they don't, it's like you said, he is just that fast. And, and Mike's going to hate this because he's going to hear it. But Mike wasn't the fastest guy out there. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He, he wasn't. I, I swear some people are like, yeah, I could catch him, but I don't want to hurt myself. Yeah, you know, there like, you like, go. There um, you go. That's that's more like it. Yeah, he's going to turn his shoulder pads, those massive pads he played in. And and, yeah. and now out. he would run you over, though. <laughs> Mike, would, he wouldn't hesitate to run you over. He loved contact. That's why yep. we loved him so much because he yep. absolutely loved contact. Uh, Brian, I almost feel like this game – um, there's going to be some fans complaining because they're throwing the ball with Avery and running the ball with Will because I feel like TC is going to change how they defend and we Absolutely. might see some oddities in this game. But I also think this game is perfectly designed for anything you're saving with both quarterbacks on the field. You might want to start considering using it in this game because uh, TCU is extremely well coached. They'll get after you on defense. They did it last week with BYU and just knocked the heck out of Slovis, the quarterback. Um, I feel like Chris Kleiman isn't a, a trickeration kind of coach, but I feel like this is a week that we could see it. Well, the thing about it is, is that we're into the season right now. You yeah. know, we're not, this is not the first couple games of the year. We're into the season. So anything in the playbook is fair game. Matter Perfect. of fact, everything is absolutely fair game. This is where coordinators make their money is because coordinators, while you're in season, you have to start, devising ways to be able to stop something if you're a defensive coordinator or create opportunities to get your guys the ball in space and get yards as an offensive coordinator. So this is how they make their money is during the season, not, you know, any, you know, the first couple games of the year. No, no, no. When everybody knows what you're doing, you still have to be able to have a functioning offense or defense. That's why you are in that position. So I feel like the guys understand that. And they'll empty the tank if they need to empty the tank. I think I think we have that type of coaching staff that's like, hey, man, we, we're trying to win. Yep. And I, if you're playing two quarterbacks, then I think you're trying to win. You know, yep. if you're doing everything that you can and you're emptying that tank with two quarterbacks, I got to feel like every play in the playbook, offense or defensive-wise, is out there. Does K-State get this done? They have Houston coming in next week. Then they go to Love, or to Austin to play Texas. This game just feels enormous. Every game does, but as I get closer to this game, I'm beginning to feel like this is going to be a really hotly contested game. Does K-State get it done? I think K-State gets it done. Look, and, and we can all be K-State homers and say they're going to win every single game. Yeah. But the bottom line is, is that K-State, I believe K-State's a better football team. I keep going back to that. I know we've had some slip-ups, and I know Missouri's a good team. K-State was better than, than Missouri. K-State just right. flat out, they were better than Missouri and gave that game away. And Missouri is a good football team, but K-State gave that one away. 
And I think every K-State fan on earth knows that they gave the Oklahoma State game away. Just complete yep. didn't show up. I under I think the guys are smart enough and understand now we got to show up for every single game. This is a big one. They're going to come in here with a bad attitude based off of last year, coming with their chest boat out because of what happened last week, them blowing out BYU, thinking, you know what? We can go to K-State and we can go carve out a win however we got to carve it out. I think K-State's got to match that intensity. I think they will match that intensity, uh, and it'll be early. It'll be early because they, the, the I think TCU is going to try to challenge us early. Uh, but we just have to match it, which I think we will, and I think we get the win. Very good. That's my offensive lineman. He'll protect me anywhere. Uh, Brian Hanley, make sure you check out his daily show, Big B, Big B Daily. Check out his channel. Go subscribe to that channel. Uh, drop by his house and give him candy. Anything you can do to support that cat will make me happy. Brian, thank you very much. Thank you. Well, that's it for the first segment of the Powercat pregame podcast. On the other side, we have Ryan Wallace. Stick around. Wally knows his stuff. GoPowerCat.com's Powercat podcast continues after this short break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Welcome back to the Power Cat Pregame Podcast, sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. That is one segment down with Brian Hanley as we discuss Kansas State and TCU, 6 p.m. Saturday night at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. The Frogs and Cats renew what is a growing rivalry. Last seen in Arlington, deciding the Big 12 Championship a year ago, the Frogs come to town off a big win over BYU, looking for revenge for that loss last December. K-State, of course, as we've talked about a lot on this channel, K-State comes into the game after just pummeling Texas Tech in the second half with Avery Johnson at quarterback. But so much more happened in that game than simply Avery Johnson playing well. So did others. But remember, we're sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. K-State fans, visit the Robbins Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat location on Anderson Avenue in Manhattan for an exciting test drive. Robbins Motor Company is the official title sponsor of the PowerCat pregame podcast. Well, yes, Avery Johnson flourished in that game against Texas Tech, but so did a certain running back named Sean Ward. Now, I said at the top of the show we might have one player interview. I just decided I'm going to put this in here instead of another Chris Kleiman quote. I've got a great mini conversation with Sean Ward from Tuesday about how he benefited from Avery Johnson being out there and how he finally settled into a running back rhythm for the Kansas State Wildcats in this game against Tech going for more than 100 yards. Here is my discussion with senior running back Sean Ward. And right after that, we bring in Ryan Wallace. How good that feel to kind of get in the groove? I mean, pff, it's 
especially back from Okie State week. You know, I was still a little timid about my injury, but, you know, as far as Texas Tech go, I felt like I could just go out there and be myself. So, you know, you see how it turned out, and, like, you know, it was a good feeling for me to be back. So. How fun was it to kind of do that with Avery out there and the way the defense has to pay attention to him? I mean, it was good, man. You know, you seen he was having fun out there, and, like, you know, especially as a freshman, you know, you wouldn't expect that to be him. But um, we see it throughout the whole practice as far as, like, you know, his legs and, you know, arm and stuff like that. So, like, you know, it was a good experience for him to be out there, too. You can be an athlete as a true freshman, but how surprised are you about his leadership? Man, like, throughout our workouts, you know, it was like the first two months he probably was a little quiet and stuff like that, trying to get emotional things. But, you know, as far as, like, you know, he getting comfortable with us, he started talking more. And you see throughout the game in the halftime, he was waiting for people and, you know, dapping people up and everything. So, like, you know, he started, he's going on the right track to be a leader, man, and you know, going to be a credible leader too. Things like that, when he did that at halftime, I think he was one of the last guys to go into the locker room. What's that mean to the team? It means a lot. It means, like, you know, we care about each other, you know, we trust each other, and, like, you know, ultimately got to depend on each other to get the job done, you know, whether it's defense and offense, we got to be one court. So, you know, doing that, you know, show like that he cared about people. Speaking of comfort level, where do you feel like yours is right now? I'm, I'm confident as I can be right now, especially after that game. You know, I was a little timid going into that game, but when I got my first hit and, like, you know, that first hit in that area, you know, I just feel like I can go. So, I mean, my confidence is at a whole time high right now. How big is selflessness on this team? Like you and DJ have kind of had to be selfless based on who's going to get the reps, and now Will and Avery kind of have to do the same thing. I mean, you know, that's part of our core values, man, being selfless. And, like, that's something that we go by every day. And, you know, you got to be selfless to be like, okay, maybe it's not your turn and maybe it's somebody else's turn. You just gotta, still got to be there for them and, like, you know, trust the people around you. So, I mean, I mean, it's what are our, four, our four core values. So, I mean, it's, it's emphasized here a lot. Do you derive that ability to make the first guy miss or may be able to spin off that tackle? Oh, yeah, man. Like, I, I thrive on making the first guy miss, and that's a part of my game. And, you know, that spin move was something just so natural. I just seen it, and, you know, I didn't even try to think about it. It was just something so natural. So, I mean, that's a part of my game, you know, making people miss and don't like to get hit. So, yeah. How good was the offensive line on Saturday? I mean, you could see it. I mean, the the goal, the holes they was creating, and like you know, having that type of chemistry with that offensive line, man. You know, you're gonna see stuff like that. And you know, for the game, they were just telling me to trust them. And, you know, I trusted them. And you see what happened. So like, you know, tip my hats off to them because without them, I wouldn't have been able to do what I was doing. Now there is Ryan Wallace, our recruiting expert, who also helps us dig into opponents with the, always a great scout of TCU. And it's funny, Wally, you mentioned something to me before we started recording that I was just thinking, the more I look at this game, the less I like this game for K-State. TCU is going to be a problem. Yeah, I mean, it's true. <laughs> um, it's, it's interesting, though, because both these teams seem to find themselves last week, yep. um, both with different quarterbacks and and I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it um it's the topic in Manhattan Kansas right now but um in regards to TCU I just think they kind of got back on the right foot uh their confidence is high sounds like TC or sorry yes TCU but Sonny Dykes sounds like he gave them a little bit of a butt chewing um uh coming out of the Iowa State loss again not all that uh dissimilar from what Chris Kleiman gave to K-State but um a lot of athletes on this team uh, for TCU that comes into Manhattan. And again, I think they're energized and more confident than they would have been coming into Manhattan if this game were played a week ago. So um, it's just uh, for as much as I talked about Texas Tech being a good matchup for K-State, 
uh, I don't know that I can say the same for the Horn Frogs. I'm intrigued by the similarities that are developing between these programs. <clears throat> they, they both on the field, they both like to play really physical football. <clears throat> Excuse me. They get after each other. They get after their opponents. But if you look back at last season, it took a quarterback injury to find the right quarterback. You know, they, they had Max Duggan come in. Um, he wasn't supposed to be the starter, but right. there he was will Howard for K state. Uh, they played twice, two great football games. And you fast forward to this season, uh, they're both hopeful of a big season. They both find struggles, and now they're both finding life with a freshman quarterback. Uh, this Hoover kid's the real deal. Yeah, I didn't know a lot about Josh no. Hoover. Um, we recorded our GPC Live before the K-State game last week as uh, TC was just kicking off, and I made the mention of, like, I, I had to look up his name. I didn't know anything about him. Even as a recruit, I didn't know anything about him. Uh, he was a former Indiana commit that when Sonny Dykes was hired at TCU – he went after him because he couldn't get him at SMU, but then he got the power five job and that became a little bit more intriguing for a guy like Hoover to stay in state um, and come play for Sonny Dykes and that and an offensive system that I think was similar to what Hoover was running in high school. Um, Fitz watching him uh, against BYU and a little bit uh, after Chandler Morris was injured, injured the week before he's, surprisingly less flustered than I thought Chandler Morris appeared um, for only being a redshirt freshman. He's more assertive. He was going through his reads. And I think above all else, he expands the vertical game for Kendall Bryles offense. I think for as much as I think what the, what the coaches liked from Chandler Morris early on was his experience. Um, he kind of knew the offense, but he wasn't, he wasn't a dice roller, right? It's a lot like we saw from Adrian Martinez and Will Howard last year. It was when pressure comes, it was kind of checking down or rolling out of the pocket and just kind of taking some yards with his feet. Whereas Josh Hoover will kind of maneuver a little bit in that pocket to keep a play alive and he'll heave it down there. And he had a, he's had a couple interceptions, which you would expect from a redshirt freshman. Um, but he zipped a couple balls and beautiful passes against BYU that uh, really wowed me for a redshirt freshman. And I think that sounds like the team is confident in him. You have receivers like Savion Williams that uh, listening to some TCU podcasts this week, it didn't sound like uh, in, in a way that they didn't say that they were, uh, they were running kind of like 50% on some routes. But again, I think with Chandler Morris, it was like, well, I know I'm not going to get this ball if it's more than three seconds. So, uh, you know, I'm kind of going to bail out of this route. No, Josh Hoover saying, no, I'll, I'll find you. And we'll, we're going to open this offensive attack. I'm going to get the ball in our playmaker's hands. And that's exactly what he's done, Fitz. Uh, what could possibly go wrong with a quarterback that can chuck it downfield for yardage against a secondary that's had issues with that, has injured corners? Uh, did I mention they've had issues with that? Uh, <laughs> this is a, this th That's a scary formula. It really is going to put a lot of pressure on that front to not only – pressure the young quarterback but uh disrupt him don't let him keep his eyes downfield you're gonna have to make him work for any kind of pass no doubt I mean that to me is what Joe Klanerman's gonna have to do is try and you know if you're not sacking him you at least got to make him uncomfortable you've got to hurry him because uh but then at the same time I think you run the risk this is where it becomes a little bit of a of a back and forth seesaw match where um you know not to you know try and condense everything into 
uh, one way to say it, but I mean, I'm going to here. And that's, I think this game comes down to Joe Klanderman against Joe Gillespie, the two defensive coordinators. I mean, ultimately, I think it all whittles down to who wins that battle between these two defensive coordinators as to how to, you know, attack the other offense and figure it out quickly. Um, Because the problem Joe Klanderman's going to have is if you kind of bail out a little bit or, or bail out's the wrong word, but if you sell out, sorry, to try and fluster Josh Hoover, you leave yourself even more susceptible to some really good individuals on the outside. And we talk about Savion Williams. Obviously, that's a name that K-State fans saw a lot last year, and he's back. Uh, a guy with a, a ter- terrific nickname, the Pope John Paul Richardson uh, for TCU. It's a great nickname. He's been steady Eddie for them, and he's really deceivingly quick. Um, transfer from Oklahoma State. They're trying to get uh, Jalen Robinson back, who's healthy now. He's a transfer from Ole Miss and UCF that's really electric. They're going to add Jordan Bailey to the mix, who's a, a true freshman that they want to get the ball in the hands of more. But then Fitz, a guy like Jared Wiley, 6'7". I mean, he is a nightmare matchup for K-State. The two meetings last year, nine catches, 102 yards, and, and a touchdown. The more you sell out to stop Josh Hoover – that way uh, leaves you way more susceptible to those guys beating you. And so, again, it's, it's going to be a feeling out process, I suspect, for Joe Klanderman early in this game of how much can I you know, put uh, forth in the pass rush game versus you know, maybe how much I need to play it safe. Okay, we haven't talked about this one iota, but give me Ryan Waltz's thoughts on the quarterback situation for Kansas State and what they should do. I never thought I would say this, Fitz, because um, I've always been of the camp, because we've seen it before at K-State, that I've learned that there is that old, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The old adage, old motto. You know, Mm -hmm. if you've got got two quarterbacks, that means you don't have one. Um, I'm going to disagree with it in a weird way. Mm -hmm. In a weird way this year, I don't agree with it. And it's to me, it's different in, than quarterback carousels we've seen in the past with Bill Snyder in that I think two quarterbacks can work this year because of where they're both at in their careers. I think you've got a guy like Will Howard that, you know, is coming to the end of his cycle, right? He could go pro after this year. If he wants to come back, he could have maybe one more year. But it's not two guys that are both jousting for the locker room for the future. You know what I mean? Right. I, uh, you can have Avery Johnson come in and get his feet under him and figure out the offense and, and be, you know, kind of a dynamic guy and also use Will Howard at the same time, whether you want to bounce it back week from week, whether you want to bounce it back within a game, I think the two can coexist. And in saying that, I think for this particular game, just like we talked about last week, and I feel like we nailed it on this pregame show last week about what a great matchup this was for Avery Johnson because of the way Texas Tech could not save themselves for the life of them against a running quarterback. It's not the same against TCU. I tweeted about it earlier this week, whether you're talking about designed rushes, which I went and found stats on for quarterback play, or whether you just want to talk about quarterback rushing in general, whether it's scrambling, whether you add in the sack yardage, all that stuff, TCU is going to be one of the most stout defenses against quarterback runs that K-State still has left on the schedule. And when you talk about combined rush yardage from quarterbacks, 
uh, of the opponents that are left on the schedule. Pro Football Focus has a, a label called yardage, called DY, D yards, which is yardage accumulated on designed runs. TCU has allowed 38 to quarterback so far this season. It's by far the least amount of anybody left on K-State's schedule. And if you add in kind of the scramble yards and stuff like that, the average yards per rush by a quarterback that they've allowed so far is under one. It's 0.53. And again, Avery Johnson, for you can say, well, you know, he can scramble. That's a good thing. You saw Garrett Green do it against this TCU defense, and it helped West Virginia get the win. But K-State hasn't been using Avery Johnson as much as a scrambler, right? They're not using him as a look downfield and if something not there, take off. They're using him as a designed runner. And I think TCU has incredible athletes that uh, you look at Chad Banks at the linebacker is a freak athlete. I think Chandler Morris, I heard on a call earlier this year, their quarterback, Chandler Morris, called uh, Chad Banks maybe arguably the best athlete on this team. And he's going to play linebacker. He's the type of guy you can spy with against Avery Johnson. Marcel Brooks is an experienced guy, a really good athlete. Uh, Johnny Hodges is a linebacker that started for them last year, uh, transfer from Navy. He's been out. And I think that plays itself for TCU. That's good for them. They can play Brooks, Banks, Jamoy Hodges, who's one of their better pass rushers. It's not great for Avery Johnson, even as as different, even as a the, the type of difference maker that he is. To me, Fitz, Will Howard is going to be juiced for this game. Right. He's coming off a bad performance. Um, he wants to prove himself to TCU because I think there's still some people out there that believe maybe Max Duggan outplayed him in the Big 12 championship last year. He wants to prove himself in that regard. He's faced TCU. This will be a defense that is not unfamiliar to him. And he's the type of guy that I think will be able to sniff out a little bit of that pressure uh, and and find Ben Sennett and find DJ Giddens in the flat or Treshawn Ward. I just feel like he fits the game plan for K-State better. But it fits. I want to end, end that by saying this. I'm not saying you can't play them both. <laughs> you can play them both against TCU, use them both. Um, but I think that this maybe is a game better served to have Will Howard start, see how things go, and, and I predict a bounce-back game for Will Howard. He might not light it up, um, but I think he's going to look a lot different than we saw in Lubbock. I believe that the old adage of if you've got two quarterbacks, you don't have one, is overruled by get your best athletes on the field. Yeah. And and Avery's the one of the best athletes. Um, have they um, maybe unintentionally set up um, some trick plays here. Uh, they've put them on the field together. Didn't do anything with that. They put Avery out there alone. Uh, really ran the ball a lot. When we know he can throw it too, um, have they set some things up here where they can put the two guys out there and and open open up the playbook a little bit with some fun? I think they could, and I think uh, in some of the early situations that we do see Avery Johnson on Saturday night, because I think we will, whether he starts or not. I mean, I think you're going to see him early. Uh, they'll rotate him in. I wouldn't be surprised if some of the early Avery Johnson plays, you know, if they work, they work. But if they don't, uh, I wouldn't get down on them if you're a K-State fan because it might be Colin Klein going, okay, this might not work, but we're going to throw it out there and we're going to come back and use that same formation a little bit later uh, and maybe catch TC off guard. Because again, I feel like, again, Joey Gillespie, he, his, 
MO as a, as a defense coordinator going back to his days at Tulsa, which I remember watching as a Memphis fan, is, I mean, he will bring heat for days. Um, and I feel like this is the type of game that you're going to see TCU sell out. And if they have some success early on, they're going to keep coming back to it. And that could be a point where K-State goes, uh, you know, oh, yeah, load the box. You've seen this play before. Bring it on. And then you see Avery Johnson do kind of one of those step forward, up, drop it right over the linebackers. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the type of thing that w- could work well for K-State. And I think, yeah, they've Colin Klein has the ability, judging off last week, but also with what he chooses to do in the first quarter and some scripted stuff early to really tee this thing up against TCU. Well, it's going to be entertaining. I, I think the most creative coaching staff, uh, along with the team that can be the most physical, is going to come out in this one. It's amazing how both these teams redefined themselves last week. Um, how much changed what we think or know about these teams changed with one game, and that's so Big 12. Uh, but I feel like TCU did it even more than K-State. I thought TCU looked like they were dead in the water at Iowa State. This was going to be an awful season. And then Chandler Morris gets hurt, and off we go with the backup quarterback. Maybe Sonny Dykes needs to keep Chandler Morris around forever <laughs> so that he can be the starting quarterback that loses his job every year and they find a great quarterback to replace him because it's happening again. Pretty it's much. Um, and again, you know, to go back to the dangers that I, I'm worried about with this matchup, um, you know, we've talked and highlighted a lot about the receivers, but we haven't talked about Imani Bailey. Um, this is a kid who lit it up for Louisiana Lafayette. And if it wasn't for a guy named Kendra Miller, who's now on an NFL roster, probably would have played more last year. He's a career uh, six point, like one yard per carry guy, a uh, balanced kid that can, you know, be used as a receiver, but uh, he's got some speed to him, but he'll put his head down and power for some running yards. So uh, it, the other thing that concerns me about TCU's offense is for, everything that they've had struggles with in terms of the drops with the receivers for everything that we've seen in the red zone. Uh, they're 125th out of 130 teams in red zone offense fits. It's like they get there and they stall because uh, this offense wants to be physical, like you said, but when you lose a guy like uh, Steve Avila and um, how do we say this? Alan Ali, it looks like Alan Ali, but it's Alan Ali those two guys on the interior last year were huge difference makers for TCU. They lose both of them. They're not getting that push from the inside on some of those short yardage plays. And I think when you get in the red zone, everything compounds itself. But for all of that fits another area that concerns me. And we heard uh, Chris Kleiman talk about it again in the press conference this week with the guys in the secondary that are injured. Austin Romaine, um, is injured to uh, playing with a cast on. So we they kind of going back and forth between him and Bo Palmer at linebacker too, is you look at the offensive rotation that TCU has been playing. They had nine rushers uh, run the ball for at least one carry last week against BYU and 13 receivers. They're averaging eight rushers a game and 11 receivers per game that are either getting one touch or one catch. And when you're able to just constantly rotate I wonder how that hurts a team that's so limited on depth right now on the defensive side for Joe Klanderman. Again, I just think this is going to be a a chess match on defense between, you know, can Joe Klanderman figure it out? Can he handle that constant rotation, the tempo that they're going to play with? uh, And can Joe Gillespie figure out what Colin Klein wants to do on offense and not sell himself out to get, you know, bit by a Will Howard player and Avery Johnson play here or there. I, I mean, it's, 
it's a game where neither of these teams are nearly as strong as they were last year, Fitz. They each have areas where they've really taken a step back, but they're also teams that are finding themselves at the right time in a head-to-head matchup at night in in Manhattan. It should be – K-State fans are kind of getting used to these down-to-the-wire games, and it it should and could be another down-to-the-wire game. His name is Ryan Wallace. He covers football recruiting and helps us with our in-depth scout on the pregame podcast. Wally, I thank you very much. Good job once again. Thank you, Fitz. After the break, we will bring you our betting segment. That's right. We're heathens here. Uh, Brian Gilbert hops in with his lines this weekend around the Big 12, what you should and shouldn't do. Uh, I know this. You should be back right after this break. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Welcome back to the Power Cat Pre-Game Podcast, sponsored by our friends at Robbins Motor Company. We've entered the home stretch of the show. Two segments down, Brian Gilbert awaits to talk about the betting lines. Six games around the Big 12 this weekend. We'll take a look at all of them. But first, before we get to that, remember, we are sponsored by Robbins Motor Company, the dedicated team of automotive professionals at Robbins Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat. will match you with a vehicle that suits your lifestyle and budget. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the PowerCat pregame podcast. Well, Avery Johnson lit a fire under K-State Nation following his performance at Texas Tech. It was something incredible. He had five rushing touchdowns, tying the school record held by his offensive coordinator, Colin Klein. After the game, we caught up to Avery Johnson down in Lubbock. Neither he nor Will Howard were available to the media at Tuesday's press conference. So let's go back to last Saturday when Avery Johnson talked about his performance in Lubbock, and then we'll get to our own Brian Gilbert. Did you know coming in you were going to play that much today? No, I knew I was going to play a little bit, but I didn't. I, they had no idea how much I was actually going to play, so that was all really a surprise to me. Okay, so that was the most touchdowns by K-State freshman ever. Tied Colin for the most rushing touchdowns ever in a game. When you hear that, what's your reaction? Really, it's just everybody here believing in me. Um, chose K-State, you know, a while back, and uh, it was really just because of the connections and the, the family that we have here. So um, just being able to go out and, and play for my brothers and, and be able to perform that highly, I mean, it's it's a great feeling. Do you have a favorite touchdown from tonight? Um, the one where we were going down to the end, uh, the far end zone and Ben Sennett kind of puts the, puts the first guy on his butt and then gets up there and then blocks another guy, and then I'm just pretty much walking in because that's – incredible what he did right there so that's probably the one that sticks out the most to me how are you going to put into this performance in two words in a couple weeks when you can reflect 
Um, really, it's just kind of putting this one behind me and just getting ready for next week. Uh, we'll be, we say it a lot, just having a neutral mindset and, you know, coming on to the sideline, it's easy to get a big head after you score a touchdown and lose focus in the game. But we have a lot of good people on the sidelines telling us to stay focused. And um, when you have a lot of people supporting you like that, I mean, it just it's easy to just keep your mindset on the, the final goal, and that's just coming out with the win. So however we, we get it done each week, it doesn't really matter to me, um, just as long as we get that W and that, and that win column. Another true freshman coming along with you is Jace Brown. Just what is the growth you've seen from him at this point? Say that again? Jace Brown, what is the growth that you've seen from Jace? That, that's literally like my best friend, man. Like we, we came in together, he didn't talk a lot, and you just kind of see him, just Florida guy, you're not used to Kansas. Um, you just kind of see him settling in and just, just starting to have fun with it. And, you know, when you get gain confidence in yourself and you start to have fun playing this game that uh, we've been playing since we were really, like, really young, um, I, I mean, I love to see him succeed. And just I think all the coaches are seeing it, too. As he's becoming more confident in the playbook and confident in what he's doing, really the sky's the limit for him. So um, he's got a good head on his shoulders, and he continues to keep his head down and work. And I think he could be really good for these years to come. Avery, what did you do coming in to get ready for this so you could handle these moments as a true freshman? Really, it's just um, before I even got to college, it's just my dad. I mean, he's always let me know uh, to always have the most confidence in the world. And whatever situation I'm put in, um, I'm blessed and highly favored by God to be able to just go out and do what I really feel like he put me on this earth to do. So um, just a lot of confidence in myself. And when you have a great group of people around you. Like, I'm not just talking about, you know, the Will Howards and Coach Klein and Coach Kleiman and like the people that, you know, the whole world sees. I'm talking about like everybody in this program believing in me and being confident in me. It just makes my job easy. I just go out there and, and if I just do my job, I know the guy to my right and the guy to my left is going to do their job as well. So at the end of the day, it's just playing football. That's what I've been doing. Last run, were you tempted to go to go for the touchdown? Or oh, I know, I mean, Coach of course. <laughs> It was first down, go down, and I had, you know, broke. And, I, I mean, if I would have kept running, I probably could have just walked in the end zone. But it's, it's really not about that. I mean, I'm, I'm a big Chiefs fan. I don't know if you saw in the Super Bowl, like, Jarek McKinnon, he slides down at the one-yard line, and that's the reason of the game. I don't know if me scoring a touchdown is the difference in this game or, or not. But at the end of the day, the coaches told me it's first down, go down, and um, it's, it's do what the coaches say. So, I mean, I just, I just wanted to, to get off the field with that W. It looked like Will. It looked like Will was giving you a lot of support on the sideline during the game. What was he telling you in those situations? Really, like if, if you really get a chance to know Will, he's a, he's a great person. He's not only a great quarterback and, and a great leader. He's really a great person. And I noticed that um, when I first got here. Like credit to him. He taught me everything I know. He taught me the ins and outs of the offense. Um, helped me read coverages. I mean, you come from playing Kansas high school football, you don't really see a lot of these different coverages. So just him being open, I mean, me asking how he preps for each week and kind of just um, getting into his back hip and just watch watch how he works and watch what he does uh, week in and week, week out. He's been a really great role model to me. So um, coming off the sideline, like he's told me, he told me a million times tonight how proud of, um, of me he was. And just, you know, whenever you, you score a touchdown, you come to the sideline, like he's grinning, he's giving me high fives, hugging me like, He's the type of person, he doesn't care how it's going to get done. Like tonight, tonight was my night, but at the end of the day, like he, he cares more about this team than anybody. And he just wants us to come out with a win. So when you get a, a great guy in the locker room like that, that everybody wants to follow, like I'll, I'll put my life on the line for that guy. And there he is, it's Mr. Ryan Gilbert, fresh back from Kansas City where he covered Big 12 basketball's media day uh, for Jerome Tang and the, the 
guys, three players went up. How was Kansas City? The Wildcats, right? It was good. Yeah. It was fun. Um, basketball season's here, man. I know we're in the no. thick of football season right now, but Crazy. it was interesting to hear from coaches, players, and the new offense that they're going to be installing this season that's kind of being more publicized now. Um, exciting stuff, man. I can't wait to be out in Vegas for you. Or I know. Vegas with I know you, saying. doing work for you. That. That sounded bad, uh, but we're going to go with it. We'll just leave it in there. Uh, yes, you and I have volunteered to cover Kansas State against USC in uh, Vegas because uh, nobody else wanted to go, and we took We're taking bad, one for the team, right? Yeah, the bad assignment nobody wanted. Let's get going with the games this week, six of them in total. The ones that jump out at me are the huge numbers for the two top teams, what are considered the top teams in the conference, Texas, Minus 23 and a half at Houston. That's a lot of points for a road game. Is it right? I think it's appropriate when you look at what both teams have done this season. Texas has been a dominant football team, and Houston's obviously got off to a pretty shaky season. Uh, so I get it. Uh, a couple things here, though. This game is in Houston, so I think that does mm -hmm. favor the Cougars to an extent, right? And then – you look at what Houston's done over the last three games. They've put up uh, 36 points a game offensively, zero interceptions, or excuse me, zero turnovers altogether on offense. So no fumbles, no interceptions, nothing's gone wrong on the offensive side of the ball for Houston as of late. So I, I think TCU, or excuse me, boy, we're all out of, out of, out of wax today, aren't right. we? But I've been traveling. I, I deserve a, a pass, Fitz. But um, Houston, Houston's uh, – offense i think can keep up with texas yeah. in this game i really do uh the defense though is where you're a little scared i like the over in this game 61 i think this game has the potential to be just an absolute big 12 shootout if i had to pick a spread i'd go you know houston to keep this one within a few touchdowns but i like the over in this game i think both offenses are going to yeah. get it cooking i think that's good advice you finally gave some good advice Hey, uh, Oklahoma is a 19-point favorite at home against UCF. Look, I, I until UCF shows it can stop the run, uh, they're going to lose by more than 19 points. Yeah, Fitz, I'll keep this one short and sweet. Oklahoma, not only are they undefeated on the season, the Sooners undefeated against the spread here in 2023. So I'll let the listeners do what they want with that. Okay, I'm sure they will. Tech, minus four and a half at BYU. BYU just lost at TCU. We're building up to K-State TCU here. And Tech just lost at home to Kansas State. Now those two teams meet with Tech and a four and a half point favorite on the road. A little bit surprised by that number. Both teams coming off of a disappointing loss. And yeah, you mentioned it. Those These two teams aren't great. But you look at Texas Tech, there is some respect. There is money coming in on the Red Raiders, at least from Vegas, the fact that you're favored by more than a field goal, um, there is some respect there. And so we obviously watched Texas Tech last week, and we've got a good feel for that team. If if Jake Strong is the quarterback, which I assume he will be on Saturday, let's, let's, let's be real here. The, the second half got away from him. He's a freshman, and so he had, you know, three, should have been four interceptions in that second half. But let's not forget here, I, I think it was the first or second drive in that second half. He led them to like a 99-yard touchdown drive, right? So yeah. he he proved that, you know, he can be explosive. And I think a week off, now that he knows that he's the starter, 
I like Texas Tech in this game. I, I think that Strong is going to be more comfortable as the quarterback. And so BYU, man, that was just an absolute beatdown in Fort Worth last, last weekend. And so I'm going to go with, with Texas Tech in this game. Very interesting. There's two close spreads here, and I think they both reflect home field advantage. Cincinnati plays host to Baylor since he's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, I don't know what to think of this game. I'll be real honest. I have no idea. Uh, Baylor, you know, of course, stole that win at UCF with a big comeback. So I might lean into Baylor, but I still haven't got a full grasp on what Cincinnati's about. Yeah, and what does that win for Baylor uh, do? Obviously, you can look at that for every team in in the previous week, but um, Houston, excuse me, Cincinnati's lost four in a row. Tough to place any money on that team right now. So I'd got to go with Baylor especially if you're getting three and a half points. Give me the Bears, man. But I don't I don't yeah. love it either way, but I just can't bet on Cincinnati here. Another one, very similar. West Virginia plays host Oklahoma State. West Virginia coming off a re- really heartbreaking loss is a three and a half point favorite at home against an Oklahoma State team that seems to have found itself in back-to-back home wins over Kansas State and Kansas. Uh, I, again, Oklahoma State on the road, I kind of want to see it to believe it, but – I also am a little intrigued by this line. Fitz, if I were to tell you that maybe the best game, you could probably throw out K-State TCU, but the best game of this slate, if I told you about five weeks ago, it'd be West Virginia and Oklahoma State, you would have called me crazy, right? But yep. these I still two do. teams are two and one. West Virginia could easily be a three and O team in the big 12 if things don't go crazy last week. And so I, this is an intriguing game. It really is. And Oklahoma State, We've obviously seen them this year, and so we're not going to have any West Virginia games for K-State this year. But we've seen Oklahoma State. Seems like that program has gotten turned around. However, I like West Virginia in this game. Seems like Oklahoma State's maybe outkicked its coverage just a little bit, playing with a little house money. I think they come back down to earth this weekend. Give me West Virginia. Okay, from the mountains to the beautiful Flint Hills, Kansas State is a six-and-a-half-point favorite over TCU in a renewal of the Big 12 championship game from a year ago. Um, I think this is an interesting line. I think this is going to be a great game. What are your thoughts? I think it'll be a great game, too, if that's a nice indication to where I think my light just died. That's right. Well, we're going to get through this, aren't we? Yeah. You know what? You can blame Zach. We had to get the perfect lighting for the walk and talk here on that uh, (laughs) video from Kansas City. But – I, I think this will be a real close game. I, I, Kansas State and TCU, this is sort of a brewing rivalry that we've got now in the Big 12. Fitz, I assume that you and Wally and Brian had outlined the, the quarterback situation here and the way that TCU can defend the quarterback run in a, a positive way, right, for right. for TCU. It's hard to run against them. Um, we spoke with Jeremy Clark from Horn Frogs, Horn Frogs Blitz, our 24-7 sports colleague, and he actually kind of believed the opposite. I'll let the readers view that on Go Power Cats for our VIP subscribers. But he kind of said, hey, West Virginia was a team that ran all over uh, TCU with its quarterback this season. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know, man. This could be a game where we do see Avery Johnson more than some fans are expecting. I think a lot of people are just saying, hey, it's going to go back to Howard for a little bit. We'll see, man. It's going to be intriguing. Um, with regards to the spread, though, you've got to remember – this is two teams. It's Kansas State and it's TCU. Everyone's focusing on the positives from that Kansas State game on Saturday, rightfully so. Avery Johnson looked amazing. He was phenomenal. But you've got to remember, TCU, 
um, coming off of a, a huge victory over BYU. They've got a new quarterback in there. And so both teams are riding high right now. Both teams are very confident. Should be a really good game. And so with that, I think it's going to be maybe a field goal at the very end for one team or another to go out and win this game. So even if K-State does escape with a victory, I'd like TCU to cover. Very good. His name's Ryan Gilbert. He covers basketball for us primarily, uh, but he's helping out in football, and he always helps out with our betting lines. And, of course, all of this advice is for entertainment purposes only. Make your own decisions, bet your own money, and lose it like I do. That's the disclaimer, Ryan Gilbert. you like the new disclaimer? That was great. That was great. I, I lose a lot of money. And don't I we probably, all? I probably should listen to you more often, which is something I don't like to say in public. Thank I'll you, buddy. It. That was Ryan Gilbert with our breakdown of all the betting lines and and odds around the Big 12, a very entertaining slate of games. Uh, The big dogs in the league have some big point spreads. Now it's time to give this show a wrap-up as we've finished everything except one thing, my one thing to watch. And it'd be easy here to pick the quarterbacks. I mean, seriously, it'd be really easy to pick the quarterbacks and say, watch that, how they use those quarterbacks. I'm going to go a little bit different, though. I want you to watch the line play for both TCU and K-State. Both of these teams thrive on dominating line of scrimmages, whether it's blocking for a running game or protecting their quarterback or flipping it over to a defense, being able to pressure the opposing backfield into some mistakes. The line play really will rule the day. Because no matter how good Avery Johnson might be running the ball, if he doesn't get the blocking, it ain't going to work. So keep an eye on the big guys up front, see who's getting it done. And if K-State starts winning that line of scrimmage, I think they're probably going to win the game. It's K-State and TCU, 6 p.m. Saturday night at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. The game is on ESPN2. I'm Fitz for the entire Go Powercat gang, and I mean everyone we appreciate you listening and i hope you like the new format if you're watching on youtube as we continue to evolve our product and make it easy for you to consume and of course on saturday saturday night i will see you at the bill thank you for listening to the power cat podcast make sure you're subscribing to our show at apple spotify amazon or wherever you get your podcasts